are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Coffee with Kim. I invite you to journey with me to a new day. I believe God has led you to this moment and this place because he is about to bring purpose and potential to your story. So join thousands of women and men from around the globe who have discovered how powerful their stories become once Christ touches them with his purpose. Don't you long to make this same discovery? Then grab your coffee, scoot in, and join me as we let God's Word reveal how every part of your past has been preparing you for this very moment. How many times have you heard someone say, I could just write a book about that? Well, I may have been one of those who thought if I could think it, I could write it. But I will tell you, attempting my first manuscript, I realized it's a bit more involved than I thought. If you're one of those thinking about writing a book, you're at the right place. Help is on the way, and I have the right book and author for you today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coffee. You'll remember that Coffee stands for Conversations of Friends of Faith to Encourage and Equip. I'm Kim Crable, always delighted to be your host. Well, today is such an honor to have someone joining us for Coffee who has served the Christian publishing industry for 37 years. Listen to this. She has authored 150 books. Oh, my gosh. I just finished my ninth one, and I thought that was a big deal. This lady has authored 150 books, and if that's not enough, over 100 of them have appeared on the bestseller list. Can you believe that? None of mine have landed on that list. Over 100 have landed on that list. She is an amazing woman who has now has compiled her knowledge, her wisdom, parts of it, I should say, into a book that each and every one of us really need to have. It's called The First Time Author's Survival Guide. Audience, friends who are listening, I will tell you what a pleasure it is for me to bring on to the show today the one and only Mary Hollingsworth. Mary, thank you so much for joining us for coffee today. Well, good morning, Kim. It's great to be here, and I really appreciate the invitation. I hope we can share something uh, that will help those who are listening. I can't imagine that anything that you would say wouldn't help someone. So with that, that's, been, that's done. I, I remember sitting at a table with you at uh, Christian Women in Media and just soaking up so much of the information that other people were asking you. And, and again, Mary, I shared with you before we went on air, just the humility in which you serve others and serve at that at that time I was a, an author wanting to be, just how you just took the patience and took our questions with such humility. And, and that's what I see all through this book, First Time Author's Survival Guide. So, so welcome and thank you for your life dedicated to, um, to serving our world, giving Jesus out to, to everyone and all the many books that you have written. Well, thank you. It, it certainly blessed me through the years to be part of Christian Publishing, and uh, I look look forward to visiting with you here this morning. So, Mary, tell us. I'm right outside of Atlanta. I just moved here from. I've spent 20 years in Baltimore, Maryland area. Just now, just recently moved back. Tell, where do you live? In what area do, would we find you this morning? Well, I'm in Texas. I'm in North Texas, about halfway between Dallas and Fort Worth, in a little town called Bedford. So I've mm-hmm. been here about I've been here about thirty years, and uh, it is definitely home to me. So, welcome to Texas, y'all. <laughs> I love Texas. I spend a lot of time in Texas. Have, some of my best friends are in Texas, and we share some of those friends, like Carol Ladd, yeah. we had talked about, and um, Lisa Burkett Worley, and. Uh, Sue Ellen Roberts, so many incredible women and people in that area. All right, well, let's just get into this book. You know, I 
I've decided this morning, I thought, you know, I'm just going to print out a list of all of her books. And, you know, I mean, because there are so many different genres and so many. And I, so I thought, okay, so I Googled, you know, books by Mary Hollingsworth. And I thought, okay, oh, my word, look how many. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to print page, you know, three through seven just to get a good variety. I'd, I've read a lot of them and seen them on the bookshelves and know about them, but I just wanted, you know, just to have one in front of me. Well, so, Mary, I, I pushed the print button thinking that I was only going to get a couple of pages. Don't know what happened. My printer went on for 30 minutes printing all the books that you've written. Girl, how in the world? That's my word. I mean, it is amazing. Children's books, uh books on grief, Bibles. I mean, it's just incredible. We're going to talk about that. But I first would like to start talking about how did you get started in this? I understand you have an unusual story about how your career as an author actually began. Would you tell us about it? Well, yes, uh, Kim. I actually began working in Christian publishing in January of 1984 at a small fellowship uh, Sunday school curriculum house and uh, that was always fun but uh, eventually we created a book division that was called Worthy Books and uh, that division uh, was responsible for creating and publishing things like the International Children's Bible and the New Century Version Bible and and uh, a lot of other really award-winning books and I was privileged to get to work on those. Uh, over time uh, I became the managing editor of worthy books and after about three or four years the book division became bigger and more successful really than the parent company so the owner of the company decided uh, to sell worthy books in order to give those two bibles really the best chance possible to bless as many people as possible and get them out there so the worthy books was sold to word publishing in dallas now that's been uh way back because you guys probably know that words not really in business per se anymore uh-huh. but uh, when that transition happened word invited our entire team at worthy to come with the company and work for word and everybody mm-hmm. on the team decided to do that except me and uh, always been a little bit of a rebel uh, and having already spent 20 years in corporate America, I really didn't want to go back to what felt like corporate America again. So mm-hmm. I just decided to jump ship and go freelance. Now, that may not have been the most brilliant decision I ever made. <laughs> at least at the time, it didn't seem to be. But, uh, you know, I'd been writing books for several years before that, but I just kept them in a filing cabinet at home because I didn't want to be in conflict of interest with worthy books where I worked. So I just piled them up. I wrote children's books and gift books and all kinds of things and just kept them at home. Um, But at that particular time, I'd really only had one small book published, so I really had no idea if I could actually survive as a freelance author. So um, I I brought several of my manuscripts into the office one day, and I asked my longtime friend and uh, the current – executive editor at Worthy at that time. Her name is Carol Bartley. She's now Max Licato's <laughs> primary editor and a brilliant woman. Uh, mm-hmm. So I asked her to take a look at uh, some of my manuscripts and tell me if she thought they had any chance at all of being accepted for publication somewhere. And so uh, a couple of days later, she uh, called me in and said, uh, yeah, you know, I, I think you should submit these. I, I really believe they, they have every chance of being published. Uh, so I was, of course, surprised by that, but suddenly just a little hopeful <laughs> that yeah. maybe my crazy impulse idea might really have a chance of working. <laughs> so I, as I always do, I started out by praying, and I said, uh, God, now you know that I really want to do whatever it is you want me to do, but mm. you also know that I'm not always real bright, so I don't understand subtleties. So <laughs> I, I really and, and I'm a business major. I need to know, you know, the bottom line. So I need for you to make it really very clear that writing books is what you have planned for me. So mm-hmm. I, I actually I, I kind of threw out my fleece to God. And I said, mm-hmm. uh, show me this is going to work. So the next day uh, I put about a dozen or more manuscripts in the mail to people I'd come to know in various Christian publishing houses and uh, that sort of thing. And I, 
I, I really didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> and there were no such <laughs> those days as literary agents in the Christian publishing industry especially. So mm-hmm. I, I think I, I would have reminded you of, of the quote that says, I, I was ignorance on fire. I, I had no idea what I was doing, but I was doing it with all my might. And uh, I was jumping out there and just I just was taking a shot, you know. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you again that to my complete shock, in 10 days, I sold 10 books. And when I when I received that final acceptance letter, I I just looked up to heaven and I said, "Thank you, God, I got your letters." Wow. Because he had made it, he was very plain to me that, that, that maybe this yeah. is what he wanted me to do. So, you know, since then I've been blessed to have a lot of books traditionally published, and I've even published a couple of books um, through our own uh, custom publishing house here, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, even when I've been tempted to do something else, God has always pulled me right back into Christian publishing. So, mm-hmm. so I know, I know that it's my spiritual sweet spot, and yeah. uh, I've just loved, I've loved being a Christian author all these years, and I still do. So, so that's where my story began, Kim. Uh, I've just been so blessed. You know, I I want to back up, and you have been. I to have that mentor to go to to be able to share that. Uh, what a blessing that was, and that is something I feel like our audience really needs to take note of is to have someone in mind that you can, you know, go to and talk to. But you know, one of the things that I want to touch on that I think is so important is that you said the first thing that you do and you did um, is you you prayed about it. You know, Mary, tell us a little bit, you know, how, how did you accept Christ? Give us a little bit uh, on the background of just your spiritual walk. I always love the stories of how people met Jesus. Well, that's an easy one for me, Kim, because my dad was a minister. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I started going to church when I was in, I was two weeks old. <laughs> and uh, I've just. I've, I've just been there ever since, and my dad uh, was a preacher, and uh, we we just went to church our whole lives, and he was a very devoted, dedicated Christian man, as was my mother. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I you know, I'm one of those people who was blessed to literally inherit Christianity from my mm-hmm. parents, who inherited it mm-hmm. from their parents. So there are mm-hmm. several generations ahead of me. And it's not that I didn't have a choice. I certainly have always had a choice about uh, mm-hmm. what what I chose to do. But it was the mm-hmm. most natural thing in the world for me because I was talk about talk taught about Jesus from the time I was a baby. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think God was uh, incredibly kind to put me in a family that already knew Him and loved Him. So. And you just oh, you just right. came to know him to yeah that's that you know that is uh, very few people can say that and uh, that is a that is a blessing and and a lot of people we know are birthed into families like this and and run from it you know they don't just they don't yeah. accept him and and that walk so uh, it seems that's like true. it was a very natural yeah that's pretty awesome well Mayor yeah. we have a lot to talk about even beyond that but you know you, you talked about. I'm going to ask you, because this is something that someone had mentioned that they'd like to know. How did you, when you started writing the manuscripts, did you know that you were writing a book? Or were you, what was the purpose in that? When you said you had already written, you had manuscripts kind of like in the closet. Um, Were you writing for a book or was it just for a person? What was your intent? Well, yeah, I guess I've always thought I was writing books, you know. Now, uh, some of them were small things like children's picture books. Some mm-hmm. of them were gift books. I remember the first gift book that I did was uh, for Brownlow Publishing Company here in Fort Worth. And I had gone to Paul Brownlow uh, and said to him, I have this series of, of friendship greeting cards I would like to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had been doing greeting cards for many years, but it just so happened that uh, at that time they had just gotten out of greeting cards. So huh. Paul said to me, "Paul said to me, well, I, you know, I'm sorry, we're not really doing greeting cards anymore." But he read some of the ones that I took to him to look at. He said, "How would you feel about writing a book on friendship?" Huh. I said, "Well, 
I don't know. I've <laughs> never done that before. <laughs> you know, I'm willing to. I'm willing to try. I said I can't guarantee though it'll be something that you know just rock your boat, but but I, I'm willing <laughs> to try. You know, so so uh, so I did. I, I wrote a book. It was called Just Between Friends, and he published mm-hmm. it, and it did quite well. But um, you know, other times I get sparks of um, of imagination and ideas and I, I of course I personally believe that most of them come from God um, mm-hmm. th- there are a few that obviously didn't <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and they never got published fortunately so mm-hmm. um, I, I do believe he, in, he inspires me uh, maybe not like he did the writers of the Bible but I do believe a lot of the ideas come from him I can remember one book one children's book I wrote it came to me literally in the middle of the night. It was like 2 o'clock in the morning. I woke up, and the entire concept for the book was in my head. I don't know where it came from other than God. So I got up at 2 o'clock in the morning, and I wrote the entire book in an hour. Wow. And I thought, well, that was something. But once I got it out of my mind and on paper, then I could go back to sleep. Uh, Wow. And and that that book ended up being a little book called Polka Dots, Stripes, humps, and hat racks, and it was really a lot about about creation and how incredibly creative God is. And it went on to win uh, the C.S. Lewis Top Ten All Time Favorite Children's Books Award at some point, you know. So, so that it was a it was a gift. It's not yeah. something I yep. dreamed up. It was a gift. It was handed to me. And Can't I really think when you're can... go ahead. I was just going to say, I think when you're handed a gift, you have two choices. You can accept the gift or you can you can reject it. But if you accept it, then you have work to do to get it to people who need it. Well, and that's the thing. And, you know, and to our listeners, that could be anything that you're, you, you're thinking about doing today. I love that. When you, are, when, when you are invited to take the gift, you can accept it or not. But the work, the work does follow. It's it's like I remember, you know. I mean, like with Noah, it's like you know, I'm, you know, you're going to save your family. Now go pick up your hammer. I mean, there's so much work involved, and I love the quote that you start out with um, on on the very first page of your book. It says, "I hate to write, but I love to have written." Boy, isn't that the truth? I hate to write, but I love writing. Is a very it can be a very isolating. You have to be drawn to it. I the reason yeah. I asked you the question about did you always know that you were writing a book is because my first book Burdens the Blessings it's really it was really my journal it was my it was how God mm. was healing my broken heart and bringing me back to restore me right. to who I was in him and so it was really just a journal Mary I had no idea that you know that I would ever matter of fact I can remember when I, it's published through Broad Street and I remember when I got my first book I almost I had almost a panic attack it was like oh my gosh everything I've walked through everything I've been through all my secrets are now out there for just anyone to pick up and read and so it's like oh my gosh so you know um, being authentic and real in your writing is is something that sometimes God really calls us to all right so what an incredible story of just how and I have a we're going to get into the book let's let's go on to talk about just you know what's been going on in the in the last two years um I know you have your pulse on the Christian publishing industry you have for almost four decades how has the Christian publishing industry been affected through everything we've just gone through? And, and what do you see is going on today? Is it still good for authors to be writing? Are we going to keep up the written word? Is it all going to be, you know, computerized? What do you see in the world today? Well, uh, wow. The last two years have really been a roller coaster for all of us, haven't they? Uh, yeah. You know, we've had COVID, the, the war in the Ukraine. We've ups and downs of the economy and uh, the woke movement yeah. and politics yeah. and just so many other things that have uh, kind of turned our world upside down. And, uh, you know, one day uh, we're celebrating and the next day we're mourning. It, it, it's yeah. hard to keep up with what's going on, but specifically uh, what's happened in Christian publishing uh, has really been a mixed bag of tricks. And yet overall, I will say up front, the industry has done extremely well. So um, I'll just give you a couple of examples. You know, when COVID first hit, uh, everybody got sent home to work. 
<clears throat> and mm-hmm. to to do school by Zoom and uh, into really unfamiliar territory for uh, families to be in. And parents were suddenly scrambling around trying to find things that they could do with their children 24-7 yeah. and uh, keep them entertained and busy. And so they began buying books and games and toys like crazy. And mm-hmm. uh, Christian books just soared for many months. Mm-hmm. And they're really mm-hmm. still doing very, very well. Mm-hmm. So, but it, but it really wasn't just children's books either. The the adults right. uh, who kind of suddenly found themselves confined to home uh, with a lot of extra time on their hands, um, they also needed additional resources and entertainment. So, mm-hmm. so book categories like Bibles and Christian fiction and nonfiction, Bible study books, and all kinds of things like that, uh, they also just sold like crazy for many months. Mm-hmm. Um, and audio audio books they went completely off the chart, and they were just uh, they were just soaring. Uh, but another yeah. thing that happened is that uh, those people stuck at home suddenly had time to write that book that they'd been wanting to write for years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. uh, uh, traditional publishers and independent publishers and custom publishers like my company have have been flooded with manuscripts from a really hopeful first-time or second- or third-time authors. So, uh, you know, what's the, bottom, what's the bottom line to all this? Well, unlike many industries that suffered so greatly during the pandemic, many of them went out of business. Christian mm-hmm. publishing's actually flourished until mm-hmm. just the past few months. Now, so what's happening now is that we're faced with some difficult situations so with which publishers are having to learn to deal with uh, one of the major issues we're facing now is is paper shortages, mm. and like everybody and like everybody else, delivery chain problems. You know, for for instance, uh, until recently, we could request from a printer any number of copies we wanted. Uh, a major mm. author's book, uh, you know, it might begin with a print quantity of a hundred thousand books or more, right. and the printer. They print them, would print them, and they send them to us. So it wasn't an issue at all. But now, many of the large book printers will only quote up to five thousand copies. Mm. So they've really limited us on how many copies we can order at a time. But, but you know, mm. a major author, somebody like Max Licato or Sheila Walsh or some of those kind of guys, they can go through a hundred, through five thousand books in a few days, right, or, or right. weeks. And I wish that were true of mine, but you know, not so much. But um, uh, so we're, we're we're constantly having to reprint the books over and over and over just to keep enough in the warehouse to fulfill orders and things like that. So mm-hmm. and the other thing that's hurting us is, of course, the delivery services. Uh, mm-hmm. They've just been extended their delivery times, and it's primarily due to lack of truck drivers. They just mm-hmm. don't have enough. Per- to keep the trucks on the road and, and keep it going. So so getting books from the printer to the warehouse, for instance, is now it's, it's often twice as long as it was before. So those those, those I'm sorry. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I thought I, I was going to just uh, didn't mean to interrupt you there. Is this, is, is, does this mean it's Kindle? What, what's going on with Kindle and, and that, the e-books? Well, of course, it doesn't. It really hasn't hurt them. In fact, it's probably helped them because mm-hmm. people are having a hard time getting print books. They'll get an e-book and print it themselves. You know, so that mm-hmm. and that's okay. That that's not a downside of print of publishing. That's just another opportunity for publishing. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember but, the first so many times. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I remember when the email, when the ebooks and everything came out, people were, I remember even my husband saying, oh, well, you know, that's going to be the end of the paperback books. And the and it's like, and I told him, I said, oh, no, never, never with me, because I like to have the book in my hand. Like, I'm holding right now the first time author's survival guides. Like, I want it in my hand. I don't want to, I, I know many people like reading off a computer and everything, but I love, I love it in my hand. I love a pen so I can circle and write notes and uh, learn from it. So it's so good to hear that that, you know, that that's always going to be there. It's just these shortages that you just, didn't, who would ever thought that the a paper shortage, you know, that, that COVID 
it, things that we would never expect to happen, you know. Right. Well, those paper shortages uh, also created much longer printing schedules for books uh, mm-hmm. because they can't get paper when they want it. Uh, you know, we used to we could get a soft cover book from a printer in about six weeks. Now it's mm-hmm. twelve weeks more, and hardcover wow. books take even longer than that. So, of course, that creates struggles for the publishers and the authors and everybody. But, you know, Kim, even with all these struggles, Christian publishing sales have increased significantly in almost every category every year. So wow. uh, uh, God continues to bless this industry as as we work to uh, produce and distribute the good news. And, you know, he, he in Ecclesiastes 12.12, God said, of making books there is no end. Yeah. And and to to us as authors, that's also good news, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So I I don't worry about things like that because God says there's not going to be an end to making books. Now they may be mm-hmm. in a different format, they may be in a different you know way to get them or whatever, but they're going to keep going. I have my I have confidence in that. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the other verses I know that's important to you. So you know, if, if the promise is of making books, there's no end. So then. The the word is well then go keep writing write it in a book right <laughs> yeah. keep writing <laughs> and so that's that's the word for our authors today or want to be authors the ones who know that they have a book inside them and Mary we're going to take just a thirty second break and when we get back we're going to dive into uh, I'm going to talk to I know that you work with first time authors you work with highly experienced authors. And I want us to start talking about what the biggest problem for first-time authors getting published and, you know, what we can do to really help them through the process. So that sound okay. good to you? Sure, absolutely. Uh, all right. Well, we're going to take 30 seconds, so listeners will be right back. 30 seconds. In every family, small conversations can make a big impact. I grew up on tour with my parents. Kind of different, but we bonded over music and we talked. Honest conversations, like when my dad shared his experiences as an alcoholic. Your honesty gave me a sense of integrity that I wanted in my own life. And I wanted you to know from someone who's been in recovery more than 30 years now that hard work is what creates success, not alcohol or other drugs. In whatever you do, talk. They hear you. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coffee with Kim. Coffee stands for Conversations of Friends of Faith to Encourage and Equip. It is a weekly program that I love to bring before you. People who can speak encouragement can speak uh, the equipping of God's Word into your life in whatever dream that you have. It's so important for us to remember that God did birth each and every one of us with a plan. But along with that plan comes a lot of work. And so to provide ways that we can make that work easier and and doable and manageable is so important so that we can fulfill the calling upon our lives. I am so pleased and honored to have with us Mary Hollingsworth today. She is the author of over 150 books, 100 of them being on the bestsellers list. And and, and, and not only that, I just found out she's a singer. This woman has no end to her talents. But... (laughs) What I love about her and what I find so special is the humility in which she delivers God's word and how her heart really is to equip the church so that they're, so that we each fulfill our calling. So I'd like to just welcome back to the show. Thank you so much, Mary, for joining us for this full hour on coffee this morning. Well, thanks, Kim. It's so great to be here. I really appreciate it. So looking forward to the second half. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to get into the bones of all this. Uh, you know, writing that many books, I can't even, re- I, you know, boy, do you have a lot of knowledge to share. And that's why I'd like to, uh, listeners, you must order this book today, The First Time Author's Survival Guide. Now, I love the subtitle, Everything You Need to Know About Publishing Your Book But Don't Know to Ask. Now, that's the key. We don't know to ask, and you get yourself into this. And so that's what's so beautiful about this book because, Mary, I, if I had known what I didn't know, I don't know that I would have 
found the courage to write the first book because after you write the book, it's kind of when the work begins. So it's involved, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and every time I Indeed. every time I every time I hear somebody say, "Well, I could write a book about that," I giggle on the inside, thinking, "Go, go ahead, do it. We need it." But but you did make it so much. You have made it so much easier for it for uh, for the first time writers out there. So all right, let's begin. Um, so you've written this book. What is your greatest desire? What was what was the hope of this book? You know, um, Kim, I, this book uh, is sort of a payback from me to the industry. Uh, this industry has been so kind to me and and so good, and I just wanted to do something to to do to do my part to help it go oh. to help new authors find the answers they need. And um, I've been so blessed. I've learned a lot in the past 37 years. And I've really had opportunities that most authors never get to have. And uh, that's because I've served as a managing editor uh, for several Mm -hmm. major traditional publishers like Word Publishing and Thomas Nelson and Guidepost Books and others. And so I've had the privilege of overseeing the production of everything from Mm -hmm. children's picture books to Bibles fiction and nonfiction and Bible reference books and cookbooks and gift books and almost everything. And as you know, I've also served as an author along the way. So I've got to sit, I've gotten to sit on both sides of the publishing desk, which gives me a little bit of a different perspective than most authors get to experience. So uh, this new book, which uh, it came out earlier this year is, is, is really put together in like 16 short chapters that give authors the information they need to to, pub, to write and produce their book, um, and, and that information is provided in the order they will most likely need it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, my philosophy is I believe publishing is like the CIA. It's on a need-to-know basis. <laughs> uh, nobody, nobody knows everything about publishing. Uh, some things mm-hmm. you need to know at the very beginning of your career as an author. Uh, other things you won't need to know until later, such as how to manage a multi-book career. You don't need to know that when you only have one book. So uh, I, you just need to learn what you need to do as you go. And don't worry about all the rest because you, you'll you learn that when the time comes. And so this is how the book is set up. It's set up in the order that you may need that information. Um, I, the book, you know, Go ahead. I'm so sorry, Mary. I did I did not mean to interrupt you. I thought that you finished with that thought. I, I, I love what you said, getting started the right way. And this is something that people are asking themselves. Would you speak to, you know, deciding if you really are an author? This was an important, um, you know, this, this is important to think about. Can you speak to someone who is contemplating that and what that means to you? Well, uh, you know, everybody wants to write a book, uh, and, and that that's okay. Everybody has the right, R-I-G-H-T, to write, W-R-I-T-E, a book. <laughs> that, is, that is everybody's privilege. Uh, it, it is not necessarily uh, the obligation, however, of other people to read it. Mm. So uh, as much as we want to believe, each one of us wants to believe that we're writing a best-selling book, it, it's not mm. always true. And uh, sometimes we're pretty disappointed in the results. And uh, but but I would just say, um, you know, writing a book needs to kind of depend on uh, your credentials a lot. Do you mm-hmm. have the credentials to actually write the book that you want to write? Okay. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, what I would say is, if, if if you're not a doctor, don't try to write a medical book. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're not a parent, by all means, do not write a parenting advice book because you know what you're talking about. You know, uh, there's a lot to say about the credentials that you have for writing the book that you want to write. Now, everybody can write the story of their own life. You're the, mm-hmm. you're the authority on that. Nobody else can do that like you. Uh, does everybody else need to know about your life? Well, that's a whole other question. You know, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. but the question is, uh, do you have the credentials to write the book, and and do you have the determination and the stick to itiveness 
to actually get through the tedious process of writing a book. It, mm-hmm. it takes a lot of what I call seat time. <laughs> you have to stay in your seat, and you have yeah. to work at it, to write it, and it takes a lot of hours to do that. Mm-hmm. I, I was like everybody else. I was stuck at home during COVID, and the book you're holding in your hand is a result of the extra time I had. I, I mm-hmm. wrote it during the pandemic because I had time suddenly that mm-hmm. I don't often mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. So uh, are you really an author? Is God calling you to be an author? Uh, you know, the truth is only you can answer that question. And even everybody has the right to write their book. Not all authors are created equal, <laughs> what can I say? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. There are Max Lickens out there, and there are people who write their book, and they never publish it. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't them less of an author. Right. Uh, everybody who writes a book, in my opinion, is an author. Mm-hmm. And they should be able to call themselves that if they want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how broad how broadly distributed your book is, is a whole different question. Mm-hmm. But don't shy away from, from being an author, wanting to be an author, and attempting to be an author just because you're not Max. Or right. one of the other great You know, maybe you're the next one. How are you going to know that if you write your first book or give it a go? You know, I say go for it. You know, what do you got to lose? (laughs) See, I think that is so important. Yeah, I I, I think that's so important that, you know, if you think think that that is a possibility, I always, you know, what if you don't? What if you don't try? That's going to end up being a regret. At least you can... I think it's better to, to to try and maybe you be a little disappointed than to never try and never know what could happen. You never know to whom the audience it will reach that it may have meant something to. But I want to go back to something that you said that that I found to be so true is is the seat time. You know, everybody wants to write a book and and it seems like it's easy, but when you really start writing a book. You find your you find that you have to say no to a lot of invitations. You find you right. find yourself in the office for hours at time. I can remember starting my day, and you know my boys had just gone off to college, and my last one had gone off to college, and I can remember sitting at my desk when the sun came up, and literally it seemed like I'd taken you know a couple of sips of coffee, and the sun was was setting and I was still working you know all day there were many days like that and so talk about the the discipline to write because it it takes it takes a lot of discipline well I, I think you have to make up your mind at the beginning whether you're going to start this or whether you're going to finish it mm. because those are two very different things and often the way uh, people start a book kind of determines whether they're going to get through it or not. And I, I, I think it takes a lot of planning. I think you have to do a lot of upfront work, uh, your research, and all of those kind of things come before you ever write. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes they just sit down and they start writing, but they don't know where they're headed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little bit of old quote that says, if you don't have a target, you're bound to hit it. <laughs> well, uh, you know, people start a book, they don't know where they're headed, they haven't outlined it, they haven't planned it, they haven't done their research, and they give up because they don't know where they're going. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. it's incredibly important at the beginning, I think, to plan your book. Know what you're mm-hmm. doing. And I, my favorite way of doing things, and, of course, I'm a binder freak, okay? So I love binders. <laughs> I do binders. Now, not everybody's like that. That's Okay. But my method is to take a three-ring binder and to uh, first create uh, an overview outline of the book. Now, that may change as you go along, but at least it gives you a place to start. And I I put dividers into the binder uh, based on the chapters that I plan to do. And then I begin reading and gathering information. And as I find an article I like, I'll three-hole punch it, print it off, three-hole punch it, and stick it in the binder under the chat, under the divider uh, of the chapter where I think it's going to fit. Mm-hmm. I, I don't try to organize, I don't try to organize those chapters up front or anything mm-hmm. about. It. I'm just gathering information, mm-hmm. and I do that. I may do that for months. 
before mm-hmm. I ever start actually writing the book because you have to have the material to write with and from. You have to do yeah. your homework. You have to do your research. Uh, you have to get permission to copy uh, anything that you're going to write in your book that you found in another place. You have to have those permissions and everything lined out. So, um, but, but once you have everything in place, then the fun part is writing the book. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, that's mm-hmm. the part. It's getting everything together and knowing I actually have the substance for a book before you start writing. That's that's the hard part to me. And um, mm-hmm. and then just just taking the time, just sitting there and doing it, you know, over and over, hours and hours and hours. Uh, but, you know, it's kind of uh, self-fulfilling. You, uh, The more you work on it, the more involved your mind gets into the subject and the idea. And when your ideas start flowing, man, you really don't want to have to get up and fix dinner. Right. <laughs> yeah. Then, yeah. You want to keep writing because it's 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 going well. I want to, you know another one of my favorite old quotes said that uh, he said on on a on a bad day my writing's not going very well. I sometimes have to rewrite my things five times. Mm-hmm. But on a good day when my writing's really flowing, everything's going great. I only have to rewrite four times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Oh, oh, that hurt. that just hurts my heart when you say that because I've been there so many times. The deadlines, you know, get a call going, oh, I need this chapter rewritten by 8 in the morning. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> but, but then you're so, so proud, respect. you know. Yeah, because, you you know, it, it's the grind of being a, of applying yourself at a different level that you didn't know. To me, I, I almost equate that to – really allowing God to bring out of you what he's put in you that it takes the hard work, you know, to, to bring out of you. And and so that part I love, you know, once it's written, you know, but, but I do love the process of writing too. I love the process of digging and learning myself. And I love, I, my thought is always, you know, well, I want to write something that, that is intriguing to me. And maybe if it's interesting to me, maybe it might be interesting to someone else or if it can help them grow. But Mary, let me ask you this question. You know, is there such a thing as writer's block? And if there is, how do you overcome that? I heard that giggle. (laughs) Yeah. I'm probably the maverick on that topic because uh, I really don't buy into writer's block. Now I, I don't write fiction Uh and where I hear people, talking about writer's block most often is in fiction and uh-huh. uh, the it's stuck and they can't figure out how to get him out or you know I just run out of <laughs> ideas or whatever so I can't comment on writer's block about fiction but mm. to me writer's block is just another way of saying I didn't have anything to talk about in the first place <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. It, it, yeah if you get all your if you get your book put together especially in the non-fiction arena nonfiction, reference books, you know, all those kind of things. If you get all of your material together to begin with, there's no reason to have writer's block. Mm-hmm. I wrote a little article one time. It was called Writer's Block is a Crock. Because <laughs> 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 I've, I've, really I've really never had writer's block, but I think it's because I, I'm, a, uh, I'm an upfront preparation person you know and i and again i don't write fiction so i'm not talking about fiction um, right. i can't comment fiction I, I really never worked in fiction or on fiction very much not enough to have a, an opinion so i'll i'll uh, i'll stay away from that but um uh, you know writer's block if you have writer's block it probably means you need to take a break it doesn't oh. mean you need to quit it doesn't mean you need to quit it means you need to take Wait. a break else for a while you know go work on another book Uh, do something different i used to work on five or six books at a time oh Um, my goodness well uh, and i'm talking about things like gift books and i when i research i I find things that maybe it doesn't fit in this book but oh it would fit over there in that book just great you know right i i would have several ideas and uh, concepts for books going at one time and when I research, I I end up researching all of them at once because Good you run across things, you know. And I, right. I know that's a crazy way to do things, but 
but that's that's just the way my brain works, you know. Uh, well, it's so. it's so funny that you talk about the the binders because anybody who knows me knows I order binders by the bushel because that's I mean I organize yeah. my my talks that way, my books that way. I mean my, yeah. this pro this program was organized in a binder book, so I am with you, friend. I I, I love them. <laughs> I mean they're. I can't work without them. Hey, Aunt Mary, we have a caller that's called in with a question. Is that okay with you? As long as it's not about marketing. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, I don't know. I, I don't know what it's about, but let, let's see what okay. it is. Uh, call, caller one five five nine. Welcome to Coffee. Good morning, and I'm just wondering if it's as important in the Christian market to have a platform to be considered for publication or as it is in the general publishing market, or is the quality of the book, can we read it for the quality to see if if it has a value for readers? Great question. Uh, Well, as I said, marketing is not my strong suit, but uh, a platform is incredibly (laughs) important in either arena, general market or uh, Christian publishing. Uh, these days, uh, when you submit a manuscript to a literary agent or to a publisher, the first thing they do is put your name in Google and see what comes up. Okay. Uh, if, nothing comes, if nothing comes up, they're going to say to themselves, "Well, then how are we going to market this book? You know, how are mm-hmm. they? Go- how is this author going to help us market this book?" And that's the big mm-hmm. question. So, used to you could turn a manuscript into a publisher. They took over, they did everything, and you sat back and ate bonbons while they sold it. Mm-hmm. That is not true anymore. Uh, today, mm-hmm. they're looking for authors who can help them promote and sell the book. So, uh, you know, if you have no platform, no social media contacts, you don't have a website, you're not out speaking somewhere, you don't have any built-in audiences or anything like that, uh, they're going to shy away because, uh, they know in today's industry they cannot sell the book by themselves. Uh, the truth is the person who's going to be best at marketing your book is you because mm-hmm. you love it the most. It's your book. It's your name on the front of it. If you're not willing to get out and sell the book, why should anybody else? Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm sometimes a little straightforward in my uh comments so pardon me yeah. for that but I will just tell yeah. you that it's not somebody else's job to sell your book mm. it, it's your job as much as as much as those of us who are authors hate that I mean mm-hmm. we would much rather be over in the corner with our laptop in a quiet place <laughs> right. <with> a <laughs> writing mm-hmm. our book we don't want to have to sell it we don't mm-hmm. want to do that our brain doesn't work like that for the most part there are authors of course who are brilliant at it that that doesn't happen to be me. I, I wish it were, but but the truth is, um, marketing the book is the hard part. The easy part's writing the book to me, and the hard part is selling it, letting people mm-hmm. know it's out there. People can't buy a book if they don't know it exists. So, you know, um, Mary, yeah. I, I will just tell you what that that was the part that so surprised me was. Um, once the book was written and it was out there, then, then to me, that, that's when I felt like the work really began. And I think it's because yeah. that is a, out of my passion mode. You know, my passion right. is to write and present the word in different ways as, as a way to teach. But then when I got, you know, when it was like, well, you've got to be on this social platform and that social platform and you've got yeah. to have this many speaking engagements, I was like, wait, 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 wait. I, I just want to write the book. Uh, and right. that's you know, that that is the part that's just as important afterwards. But to our listener, I will tell you, if you will buy, order the book today, the first time author survival guide, uh, the chapter 15 is dedicated to navigating the marketing maze. There's 10 highly effective ways to sell your book. So there's a lot of answers um, that you'll probably find in this book that Mary's documented here. So thank you for calling thank in. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, Mary, talking about that, one of the things that um, over in chapter, I can't remember what chapter is on page 145, chapter 14, building your marketing platform, you know, that is something that is worthy for us to take a few minutes to talk about because I know with my current publisher that the, the rules have changed. The numbers are, are great. You have to have such a presence 
in your social media for your manuscript manuscript to be accepted. Can we take just a few minutes and talk about, and I know marketing isn't your, you say you're strong, but you've got some really good information on here of like, if I'm considering um, writing a book, are there some things that I should go ahead and engage myself in to grow a social platform? Like I, I like, on page 143, you're talking about uh, social media sites and how important it is to be, you know, on the Facebook and Twitter. And what what would you say about that? And gosh, I wish I, there was something that you wrote here that I have so many things outlined that I can't even find the things I really want to talk about. But you were just talking about how important it is that you have Oh, gosh, what was it that you said? Anyway, your words are used as a blessing on the Facebook page. Oh, here it is. No, it's not. But anyway, let's just talk about that, and I'll, <laughs> I'll, find, that, I'll find that quote. I literally have so many of your quotes in this book. But let's just talk about to the, the author who's thinking about you know, submitting or the person who's thinking about becoming an author, the social media platform. Should they begin something now? Yes, uh, you know, you need to be building your social media and, and your your platform, per se, as at least as you write the book, if not before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it's, it's time-consuming, you know, at first, because you have to go in and set up your profile on each uh, social media site. And, and contrary to popular belief, each one of those sites has its own personality. Yeah. So you, you sort of need to uh, make your message and your profile and everything else fit the personality of each one of those sites. You know, Facebook is supposed to be a it just uh, it's supposed to be like a big party and everybody's sitting around in a circle and you're talking about mm-hmm. stuff going on in your life and maybe once in a while you throw in something about your book. Mm-hmm. But it's not really a. It's not set up to be a marketing platform per se. That's not its purpose. Mm-hmm. It, it's a social site, heavy on the mm-hmm. social. Uh, now, over time, of course, it has evolved into uh, not not as effective as a social site to me as it used to be. But uh, it's right. still there. It's still viable. Um, and you know, you want to build up as many contacts as you can. Do you have to know every single person that you add to your group? Well, no, you don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's just share an interest with, you know, but you don't know them personally. I have 5,000 contacts in my Facebook account because that's as many as they let you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of those people I've never met personally. I don't know them personally, but they may also be an author or they mm-hmm. may be in the book business in some way or then maybe they're a literary agent or something else so so we're associated in some way with our interest uh in each one of the other first each one of the other social media sites like linkedin each one has their own personality linkedin is more of a business site it's a place mm-hmm. to connect with other people who are interested in the same kind of business you are and it has lots of other purposes so you know the the, the first uh, trick is to learn those sites and what they're about. Read up on them and find out how am I supposed to interact on those sites. And then uh, the overwhelming thing about social media is if you let it take over your life and you spend too much time on it. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So yeah. I spend about I spend about ten minutes on uh, social media about three times a day. Mm. Or uh, in the morning, I'll do about ten minutes to see what's happening. Uh, uh, and then about 2.30 or 3, if I can carve out 10 minutes, I'll jump on there to see what's going on, comment on other people's interests and things like that. And then I do it again at, in, at night, uh, usually around 10 or 11 o'clock, because I'm a late night person, so that, that's early for me. But um, mm. that way uh, you connect with a lot of people. And those people become um, a, a friendship factor, really. They they no longer yeah. are a cold market contact, but you've kind mm-hmm. of made a friend out. And they'll be more likely then to pay attention when you put something up about your book. So, yes. Uh, well, Mary, you spent your life. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just started to say speaking engagements are also 
one of the best things you can do for your platform because people sell more books in person in front of an audience than anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. I'm sure you know that, Kim. You probably sell more books yeah. when you speak some anywhere else. Oh, so yeah. That's just a- Absolutely, absolutely. You know, Mary, we're down to about six minutes. I want to go in. You Not only have you um, given your life to the writing, the authorship, but, but now, you know, you are spending so much of your time. I love where you are, where you say that this book is almost like a payback to the industry that has been so good to you. And I know it's also yeah. a love for those authors that, that make up that industry. You know, you have developed um, a studio, Creative Enterprises Studio, that I really want our listeners to hear because what a valuable asset this is. Would you please um, tell everyone about what you've created here that that is a resource for them? Uh, Well, sure. Uh, We were asked about nine years ago by my former boss at uh, Thomas Nelson, we were asked to become an official vendor for HarperCollins, and HarperCollins is the second largest publisher in the world. They mm-hmm. own Zondervan and Thomas Nelson, and they have a division mm-hmm. called Harper Christian Resources. So they are also the largest Christian publisher in the world. So they're huge. Uh, and they, yes. they have a lot of requirements uh, where they need freelancers to help them. And we were asked to become a vendor and HarperCollins, and a lot of other publishers like Harvest House and Faith Life and, and, and others. They hire their freelancers through us who work on all of their books. So, for instance, mm-hmm. we're, we're honored to be able to work on all of Max Lucado's books. We work with mm-hmm. Sheila Walsh and Priscilla Shirer and John MacArthur and, uh, and Chip and Joanna Gaines and Candace Cameron Bure and uh, a lot of really super well-known authors, we get to work on their books because we have a lot of freelancers in our group. In fact, um, after we were contacted by them and asked to become a vendor, then uh, they started referring their favorite freelancers to us. And mm-hmm. they would say, go get in Mary's group, and then we can hire you to do these projects. So uh, nine years later, we now have about 290 freelancers who work through wow. my company for major publishers we also do a lot of work with independent clients so it might be an author or a ministry or a church or a company and for one reason or another they want to produce their own book which is perfectly fine so Mm -hmm. we do custom publishing here as well so uh, we don't do cookie cutter uh, publishing here we follow the same rules and uh, processes and procedures as when we're creating books for traditional publishers when we work with our independent clients, they get a first-class book just like uh, Max Lucado does. We use the same freelancers, the same quality controls. We do all the work uh, for them. And um, so it's an honor to be able to assist people who want to produce their own book. We're working on a book right now with Tim Kimmel, for instance. Mm. And uh, Tim, right. Tim's been published three times traditionally but he, they wanted to do this book uh, on their own, so we're helping them do that. So but, uh, we work with a lot of first-time authors, and, and it's, it's a privilege for me to get to do that, to help them learn the ropes and uh, to do it right the first time. That's what's important. Absolutely. Well, Mary, let me, we have just a couple minutes left. I want you, would you please remind our uh, listeners how they can uh, reach you for speaking engagements? I don't know if you still do that, but... Um, what information would you like to give to them about connecting with you on your social media platforms? Well, of course, I'm I'm on several different platforms. Uh, I'm, a great way to connect with me is just through my personal website, and it's just maryhollingsworth.com. Uh, my books are available there. The First Time Author Survival Guide is there, uh, as well as another publishing book I did called The Publishing Dictionary. Uh, there's mm-hmm. actually... Uh, kind of a two-book combo on sale on my website right now for the Author Survival Guide and the Publishing Dictionary, so that might be interesting to someone. Uh, you can always contact me through my website. Uh, go to the Contact Us page and my mm-hmm. email and everything back there, and I uh, would be happy to hear from you. I do speaking engagements if, if, re- if requested. Uh, that's not mm-hmm. my main suit, but, uh, but, but you've heard me speak, so you know I, I yes. usually figure out how to do it. 
and uh, I do radio interviews. I'm happy to do uh, any of that sort of thing, uh, and I, it's uh, my honor to to get to be to get to do that. Well, Mary, I would just tell you it has been my honor to have you on the show today, to be able to have had a full hour with you. I just hope you know, I mean, what that means to me, just just as a person, as an author, as someone who's just seeking to, you know, fulfill my calling in this, this big world, whatever little part I can be. You have given this world a, a piece of your heart and your love, and you have um, just given something that will help so many people. And I just thank you so much, so very much for being a part of the show. And listeners, I'd just like to remind you, please, uh, the first time author survival guide, this guy can save your book's life. It really can. And it will save you a lot of frustration. So, again, thank you so much, listeners, for joining us. Thank you, the incredible Mary Hollinsworth, for joining us. And we'll see you yeah. next time on Coffee. Bye, everybody. Bye, Mary. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you. To learn more about Kim's books, teaching materials, or to invite Kim to speak at your event, please visit kimcrable.org. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, to learn more, please visit kimcrable.org.